0: The big word, I, the big phrase that affected me a lot more was, "You have such a pretty face." Mm. That I got told all the time, ah, oh, like in a sad way, like like my like friends. It's
1: a shame that yeah, you're so like pretty like my because. friends,
0: moms, grandparents, you know, with just lo- teachers. You have such a pretty
1: face. Somebody say, oh, yeah!" Huh? No, huh? No. Huh? What's up? you better than Oprah. Come on, y'all. This is Sean T. And it's time to trust and believe. Quality
0: sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side?
1: Hey, what's up everybody? Today is going to be an amazing day for you and for me. I am so excited for Trust and Believe today because we have pretty much one of the most inspirational and driven people I think I've ever met. And I say that from only spending not too much time with her, but her smile and her radiance really brings you joy, joy into your life and joy into the motivation of you. Alana, how are you feeling?
0: I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here.
1: I'm happy to be here. I'm happy that you're here. And I want to say, one of the things about you that, number one I love, a lot of people know you from 2B Mindset, which I think is great. One of the things beyond your education that I really, really love about you is that you have something where you say you rev up people's slow metabolism, and I believe that in the energy that you carry all the time. You're always very consistent in revving up people's energy, I think externally, internally, and especially when it comes to their struggle with food. But before we get into anything food, I want to know about you. I feel a lot of times when people, when they see someone and they see them thin or they see the end result of them, they just automatically look at you and they say, well, she doesn't know what it's like to struggle or he doesn't know what it's like to struggle. if, If people see people with money, they're like, you don't know what it's like to be on food stamps or government assistance. And it's just not true. So, my first question for you is When did you actually know that you needed to make a change?
0: Yeah, I was morbidly obese, morbidly obese, and struggled with my weight for years, and still have to be conscious about it every single day. So, anyone who thinks, like, looks me up and sizes me up in any way, it's just, I laugh in my mind because no one's had to work as hard as I do, even after having my baby. People are like, so unfair, you got to lose weight. right away. It's like,
1: let's, <laughs> it's, fair. <Right>. Really <laughs> it's fair. So what was that defining moment? So what were you thinking? Where were you? I'll
0: never forget it. I had to go to weight loss camp since I'm a little girl. So everyone calls that like fat camp. Um, I like to call it weight loss camp. But anyway, I had to go every summer for eight years and weigh in, take my before pictures, nine weeks away in upstate New York. Exercising 12 hours a day, getting my pre portioned meals, going to nutrition classes since I'm eight years old. And I would just gain it all back every school year. And I'll never forget it. It was like when I was about 13 going into high school, I was on the baseball field outside stretch aerobics and in morning stretch. We started morning stretch. And I was just looking down at my body doing burpees or stretch. And I was like, it's not going anywhere, Alana. Mm. You only get this one body, just make it rock. Just stop, like, just stop losing it and gaining it and trying to manipulate the system and work around it. Your body's not going anywhere. These are your knees forever. These are your ankles. This is your heart. This is your lungs. These are your arms. Enough of the yo-yo. And that, that's literally, I was just like, okay, like, just stop. Like, and stop how the old moves. were you at that point? 13. It's more like games, like, stop, Alana, like, playing games, like, because st- I, I would, I would play so many games because, like I said, I struggled with my weight for so many years. I've been told by my pediatrician that I'm off the charts forever. I was always obese. I was always the big girl and I always had to go to weight loss camp when all my friends were going to sports camps. So I just, I don't know. I just, I had to like just cut the cord and just be like enough because I would say like, Oh, I'm having the main easy scoop of tuna and I'm only taking the cheese on the pizza and I'm not eating all the crust. So I'm being better and I'm blotching the oil and I'm, you know, picking out on popcorn versus potato chips. And they're a little more volume because I was learning like random tips in my nutrition class.
1: But this seems like a lot for a young person. So when you say games, because I think, first of all, you're young and then you talk about games. And I believe that a lot of times, even through my own struggles, I was playing these games instead of hitting it. So give me a, a specific game that you used to play.
0: Oh, I mean, first of all, I used to blame it all on metabolism. So even though I saw that I was able to lose like 30 pounds every summer, I'd come back gain and be like, because I have the slowest metabolism, because I have grandparents who are obese, because I'm made to be obese. And like, that, that is a game. Like just telling me, oh, my friends are all doing that. I, amusement parks, right? So like, I didn't want to have to get weighed or looked at to see if I can fit in the seat on a roller coaster. So I would just tell everyone I'm scared of roller coasters, which I am, but I don't know if I kind of created that fear because I just didn't, I wanted to avoid the humiliation of possibly not even being able to go on one. So I just turned into the camera holder because I'm so scared to go on roller coasters. I mean, just, I mean, that's like the smallest one I can think of, but even just on chairs in school, I would be like, everyone sees that I go past the chair. So I would curve my body to make sure that the, even when I look at this, this gives me pride now right. that I, there's room in the chair. I mean, I think I was so in my head thinking about how to make it more comfortable being obese rather than taking that same time and energy and just focus on not doing it. So that's what I did at 13. I was like enough trying to justify and work around this, just face it, deal with it and be free of it.
1: So I'm actually, I'm asking you, ask you a question. And my, yeah. some people might, <laughs> they might think this question is harsh. But, or some people might relate to it. Uh, A a funny story of me, my, I have this person that was in my life called The Step Monster. If people read my book, they understand. And he always used to call me Turtle. He was like, Turtle, Turtle, Turtle. And he would tell people, oh, Sean is slow. And so I got this kind of complex that I wasn't as smart as everyone. But what they really didn't realize is that I was actually taken in the world. I didn't want to walk as fast as them. But because I was called slow, I started to develop, I was like, I have to make the honor roll. I have to prove that I'm smarter. But it, also, but it, wasn't, it wasn't a healthy honor roll. It wasn't a healthy proving that I'm right. smarter. And so when people or the doctor or whomever would use the word or term obese, did that get into your head at all? How did you internalize that word? And you know, how does it affect you today?
0: The big word, the big phrase that affected me a lot more was, you have such a pretty face.
1: Mm.
0: That I got told all the time. Oh, like in a sad way. Like, like my like friends. it's a
1: shame that yeah, you're so like pretty Yeah, like my friends,
0: because... moms, grandparents, you know, it was just lo- teachers. You have such a pretty face. Like, like it's a waste. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that always hit me harder. And, um, yeah, that always hit me harder. And I was just like, uh, like, I don't, I want to, I want it when people tell me I'm pretty for it to just be a positive thing. Um, but I think, you know, the pain that you experienced being called turtle and like the pain I experienced, like, you know, getting little teased here and there and not being able to fit into my friend's clothes on sleepovers or, you know, I just. I think it, it drove me in a really good way because, you know, we're all motivated more to avoid pain mm. than we are to seek pleasure. And so I don't think I ever, I dreamed of being thin and in clothes and wearing dresses and I dreamed of that, but I never really thought it was a reality. So I think what I was always driven more was to like, just keep avoiding this pain. And I think I just got stronger in associating so much pain with being obese, with being told that beyond people's words, it was physically causing me pain. Mm. Like I had chub rub in my thighs that would burn. You know, I would come back from summer with my friends wearing a skirt, accidentally forgetting to wear legging shorts underneath. And I would have to like keep my legs apart for hours with like baby powder. And I would just be like, I think I just, It got to a point where I started manifesting all the emotional and the physical and the threats of my diabetes and heart health that were arising. And it all came together to be painful enough that I was able to just like get past it, shut it down, enough of the excuses and move forward.
1: I think that I hear that as a parent today, as a father, I, and again, some of these questions might be a little tough, but I ask them because people might be thinking them. How much of a role do, did your parents play in this
0: very interesting, very interesting. My parents play a very interesting role. My father loves that I, I talk about, it, but we 're so close. My father and I talk every single day all day. My mother <laughs> That's cool. I, yeah, I, like that. I love him. My mother passed away two years ago. We, I always had a really good relationship with my parents. I got divorced when I was young, but they stayed best friends, which was very nice, so we still like bounce back from house to house, but it was kind of friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh my mother had a very negative relationship with food. Very bad. Um, did every diet, I saw it all, I saw the swings in her weight, I saw the swings in her, what she was doing, and I saw the negative consequences of those swings, and it was enough for me to say, I ain't ever doing that. In a really good way. Right. You know, it's almost and she knew that too, that she was like kind of taking unfortunately this horrible sacrifice. And, and she just, it was very hard for her to overcome her eating issues, but in a way it really made me, I never skipped a meal. I'm obsessed with food. I never engaged in diets. Like I never did any of these like quick fix bad things because I just like saw the roller coaster and it made me like run. Um, And she thankfully always told me I was beautiful. She always told me I was beautiful. She always took me for bigger clothing sizes. She always took me to get custom made clothing if I had to. And then when I lost weight, she would get, but she always told me I was beautiful. And I have a lot of private clients whose moms are their harshest critics. Tell them how heavy they are. Tell them how much they have to lose weight. And it's like, it totally messes with people. So I think I've been very fortunate that my mother, no matter what size, always told me I was beautiful, but definitely played a role. And my father, who I love dearly, is now down sixty pounds with me yes. and is the best. I mean, I was on the phone with him on Saturday night and he was like, I'm going to Whole Foods now, I'm getting my food for the week. Like he is a rock star. He travels so much for work. He'll be like, Oh yeah, yeah, I need some more peppers on my salad. I'm like, You go dad. Like he <laughs> loved he's but he needed me to help him because he just didn't have it together.
1: So what was his so would you say that? I mean, just to be clear, so when you were younger, both of your parents were.
0: Struggled with their weight forever. Just struggled with their weight. We were just an obese family.
1: So when, when you went to. We um, love. Food. When you went to weight food. loss camp. Yeah. And I love that you love food. And we're going to. I, I'm really excited about. I'm really excited about learning about you. But I'm excited about the Alana now and what she does. Because I know you love food. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to get some tips from you myself. But. So they sent you to weight loss camp, but and they so, didn't change, right? So that's so when you came back home,
0: everything was the same,
1: right? So do you think that played a part in like you not being able to continue? I mean, I love that your mother told you you were beautiful, yeah. and obviously, but if nothing um,
0: changes, nothing changes, and that was the issue with the camp. Is you know you get sent to this idealistic, fairy, you know, place and. It, all my friends from weight loss camp growing up, and I'm still very close with a lot of them, and a lot of them are actually doing my be Mindset program. But
1: that. that. makes me um, so happy.
0: But no, everyone gained their weight back. And a part of me loves the camp for giving me a positive association with weight loss at a young age, but at the same time, they didn't. I mean, it's in their best interest as a business model to make sure you gain weight the weight back. And it's not that they made sure of that, and they try to send, you know the camp at home tips, but at the end of the day, they're a business. So they didn't really give us salads or they gave some salads and vegetables, but they kind of were in the business of portion control because pizza is cheaper and the pasta and cheese is easy. So instead of eating a whole pie to myself, like I used to at home, I would get my one quarter and that would kind of be it. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like they didn't really, and they tried to teach us about nutrition. They, they tried, but there's only so much they can do. But they didn't really... I mean, you're also eight, nine years old, so how much are you going to really get through to kids? But I don't think like my palate evolved, and I didn't really internalize the change. So when i go back, I ate pizza in camp. I could eat pizza at home. Now it's in front of a television. Now it's at 8 p.m. at night. Now I have a whole thing in front of me. You know what I mean? So it just kept growing and growing.
1: Yeah, I like how you said... If nothing changes, nothing changes, and you know we talk. I talk a lot about yo-yo dieting, or just like kind of like the up and down thing, and I find it to be exhausting. It's first of all, it's exhausting. The the second thing I find to be uh, very inspirational about you is that it pretty much the foundation of you of your weight loss journey was yo-yoing. Yeah. So what was that moment where you're like, I'm breaking? This cycle. I know mm-hmm. we. I know you said before how you kind of looked yeah. at yourself, but for someone out there right now who might be in that cycle, yeah, you know, like you. I it talked is, about the hands. It is stir- a game.
0: Yeah, it is a game yeah. because, and I didn't realize I was playing it until later in life, recently, when people started asking more about my story, and I realized, wow, I was in the game because, as much as I didn't do diets, I did a lot of the mentality of it, because I would say, oh, I could kind of eat whatever I want now because I'm going to go back to camp later, which is what people do every time they say I'm going to start Monday,
1: mm-hmm. right? I
0: just did that with the summers, so I can kind of gain as much as I want now and do whatever I want because I'm going to lose it back. In the and camp. come
1: back to school and people were like, oh, my gosh, yeah. you lost so much weight. Oh,
0: yeah. And then they would just fade and because I, I would gain it all back. And that I totally was in that I had to just be done with. And it's like. It was also ridiculous, and and people do it today, which is ridiculous, because 10 months of a school year, you can gain a lot more than you can lose in two months, so I'd lose 30 pounds, but I'd gain 50, and I'd lose, and I'd be like, oh, it's okay, because I'm going to camp, to lose 30, but that's why I kept amassing, amassing so much weight over time, mm-hmm. and people do that with diets, too. It's like, they'll be like, I could be super strict for 30 days, Well, you can... You know, even just 30 days of a holiday season of December, when it's in your face or the time between Halloween and New Year's, like you can gain a lot of weight. It doesn't really matter, like, what you're gonna do the three weeks. And that's why people yo yo diet, but they're actually gaining so much weight over time. Um, and it, it's also the dieting mentality I had was waiting for an idealistic situation, which was the summer versus, and everyone does that. It's like, it's okay because you know i'm going to be so strict now there's yeah. always a curveball
1: yeah i call it situational exercise people are like i'm going to get married i'm going on vacation and it's not an it's not extended into like this is what i want my life to be like and so um so you were you were really about to drop some science and so before we continue I want to take a quick little break because i when we come back what i really want to know is what motivated you to get higher education in this to mm-hmm. go on and get a master's degree which is phenomenal and how you utilize those tools and then i want to find out what you say to parents to, of children who struggle with what you struggle with yeah. and we'll be right back
0: when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring
1: From the commercial break, and I am going to get right into it. Alana, what motivated you to get higher education in health and science and nutrition? Like, tell me about it. What was, I mean, because we heard about your story, but was that the motivating factor or was there something else?
0: So, it's such a good question because as a kid, I wasn't very academic, but I always wanted to be a registered dietitian and get my master's degree in nutrition. And eventually I want to get my PhD, which is actually not that much more time. I just have to make the time. Right. Um, and it's chemistry, biochemistry, like physiology classes, labs, organic chemistry. Like you wouldn't even believe one and two. It's pre-med and I, have, I was not <laughs> academic. So, but I always wanted it because, I, first of all, I was seeing dietitians since I'm eight years old. Like there were dietitians at camp. So I was taking nutrition classes since I'm eight years old, three classes of nutrition classes a week for nine weeks every summer for eight years. So I really think I have more nutrition education than anyone Mm. because I've really been taking formal nutrition classes since I'm eight years old. Like dozens and dozens and dozens before I was 15. So, And then I even took... In high school, I would sneak into NYU classes for nutrition because I was just always interested in talking about food and helping people with this and also uncovering why it is such a struggle. And I just wanted to know more and more and more. But um, I also just wanted to make sure that if it was starting to work for me, which it was, because starting at 13 when I decided enough to change and I took everything and I kind of created my own system that was working really well, that didn't involve diets and the yo-yoing and avoided everything my mom and dad had always tried and kind of took some things from camp, but clearly left a ton out Mm. and started incorporating my own flair, which is fun and livable. When I started doing that and it was working really well for me and I started shedding this weight on my own, not in the summer, but in the school year, I was like, I need to help other people do this because this is doable. I'm finding a way where it's doable and fun. I want to do that. And I want to make sure that I wasn't just going to start a blog like people do today and start, you know, proclaiming I was an expert. Right. It's just not my style. So I just wanted to make sure that I was an expert and I had the highest level of education and the greatest credibility. If I was going to help people do this, I want to make sure that I was going to be doing that in the best way possible. Right. So that's oh, what wow. ended up motivating
1: me. You just motivated the hell out of me right there. I love it. All right. So knowing you have education, um, what is the one thing you would tell parents who might have a child who is heavier, or they're just not into the healthy eating. And the reason why I ask this question is because obviously I've experienced as a fitness motivator, I've experienced parents who like to work out and their kids don't, or the kids who like to work out and their parents don't, or none of them like to work out and they ask me questions. And specifically, there was a couple that I knew, well, I know, but I met them years ago. And the mom and dad were super, super lean, um, just very active. Um, they ate really healthy, but the daughter seemed to be either defiant or just there was some sort of disconnect, or maybe it was her body type somehow. But she was heavier, and so, and I think she carried around a lot of anger toward her parents because mm-hmm. they were kind of forcing that on them. So. There's a the full so spectrum. So
0: many issues around kids and their parents and weight, and right. I deal with it all the and time then, with my clients.
1: And then, as a new parent, I mean, I know how I will motivate my kids, but obviously, they're not old enough for me to be thinking about whether they need to lose weight. So yeah. this hopefully is for they, me. You never
0: have to, yeah. Yeah,
1: and <laughs> if they do, I'm going to the experts. Yeah. So I'm coming to you today, yeah. and yeah. hopefully, you can help out many other people. Yeah. So, like, walk me through this because I think this is. Really important for parents. That's and then, obviously, they can use it for... Because the other thing I get is for spouses. You know, I work out, but my spouse doesn't. I work out, but my mom doesn't. She needs to lose weight. So
0: And the worst is when the family members are trying to sabotage. Right. right? So, it's oh. like, my spouse doesn't want to lose weight. I want to. And he keeps telling me, like, I need to try that ice cream. And then making it harder. That's, like, totally unacceptable. And they don't want to eat what you want to eat. Right. Yeah. So,
1: let's go. Start with okay. the kids and Start then go the to the kids. adults.
0: So... this is definitely a specialty of mine. I definitely specialize in teenage obesity and and working. I love working with teenagers because I understand them really well. They relate to me really well, obviously, because my before pictures are as a teenager. And I understand the psyche. I understand the mind. And I also like that they're getting more independent and I want them to be independent. And at the same time, I also want to make sure that I'm like the last thing they ever have to do, mm. right? Because if they're not going to work with me as a teenager and do my approach, then unfortunately they're probably going to fall into that yo-yo, bad diet sea of monsters that we, I just want them to never have to deal with. Yeah. So, um, I do love working with teens and parents to be quite honest and Frank. I am very honest up front and Frank when parents tell me my kid needs to lose weight, what do I do? The first thing on if they call me on the phone or I hear them, the first thing I say is, Do you need to lose weight?
1: Mm.
0: Like, first thing first. I can't even tell you how many parents are like, My kid needs to lose weight. And I'm, I'm trying to be as nice as possible about it, but your kid might have to lose 50 pounds, but you still could lose 30.
1: Facts.
0: And the bottom line is it's all role modeling. And my father figured that out also. Is like he kept seeing a therapist and he's like, What do I do? And he says this openly, he's like, What do I do? My daughter needs to lose so much weight, she's so obese. And the therapist finally looks at him and goes, Dude. You got to lose weight. Like, what is she supposed to She needs a role model. So the first thing I tell parents is you have to be a role model, and it's actually all modeling. This morning, before my flight here, I took out a bag of mini bell peppers because that was my snack and what I was, like, chewing on on the way to here
1: because
0: I'm a little <laughs> Did ridiculous. Did you bring bell peppers <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, uh, I'm just a So I was, like, eating them with my coffee in the morning, and my daughter goes, I want one, and she just took a bite and put it on the table. It's modeling. you know what I mean? So our kids are always going to be a possession of what we do what we create. And when you eat vegetables and you do work out with a smile on your face and you talk so much about how it helped you get clarity and and, you know, give you more energy so now you guys can go to a theme park or something like that, and you really emphasize the positivity and the enjoyment in it, kids will take from that. you know that our vacations don't revolve around the buffet. Our vacations revolve around, Renting bikes. I mean, all of that is going to foster just better habits for their future. So, first things first is it's modeling, and and then the second is I always say okay, what my mom did for me was the best thing. Knowing that you're amazing and beautiful every day, no matter what size, is great. Is great. You know, but That's she always really great, yeah. But didn't let me get too comfortable that she wouldn't take me to camp. You know, so and and want me to go to camp and type of thing. So I think the you're heavy you need to not eat that is the worst thing you can do for kids because then they'll rebel and hide you know candy in a menorah so what what do you
1: say to parents and i have a few other questions for you too you're not getting off the hot seat yet No, i know you and you don't want to get off the hot seat but what do you say to parents who their kids are like yes i i want to eat that salad but i also want to eat the chicken nugget. So I also really want to have French fries. And, and, like, how do you balance that out without making a kid feel like they can't enjoy some of the same foods that their friends right. have? Or,
0: it's, it's really hard for kids. One of the hardest situations, which I encounter all the time, is when some of the siblings or, like, one kid doesn't have to lose weight and another kid in the house does have to lose weight. That's really hard. Because
1: one person can eat something that the other person
0: I know cares. so many families where one kid actually has to gain weight and the other has to lose, and it's like very, very, very difficult, hard on the parents. So it doesn't show favoritism, and right. it's a lot to balance. I definitely recommend parents don't try to be a registered dietitian, don't try to be. It's like the same if you have a kid who's struggling with math homework. If you're the one who's trying to help with the math homework, it can create a lot of tension. Sometimes it's really helpful to bring out an outside. Tutor, right, tutor or something yeah. like that. So you can be mom and someone else can be the weight loss help or whatever it is. So, I mean, if you can swing that, it's really recommended. Insurance will kind of cover it. There are some classes in different, you know, places. I, I mean, the to be Mindset, I'm really thankful that it became now something people can stream yeah. and learn from because it really is a nutrition course that teaches you just how to eat well and can totally create and has Created yeah, weight so loss let's go results. deeper. Let's go deeper yeah. into be Mindset. I think kids can listen to the food group videos. Right. Like, they don't have to do other stuff that's, like, insisting on weight loss because it's a weight loss program at heart because I love weight loss. But, like, they can benefit from just learning and understanding the purpose of food groups, how I break them down, what that looks like. And I don't think we should shy away from teaching kids about nutrition and giving them food rules, You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to tell my kid that they have to stop eating that because, you know, I don't want them to get a complex. I have a
1: friend that tells her daughter that if she eats candy or she eats a piece of cake at a a party in school, she's going to have to go to the hospital. She's allergic to it. So now she's, like, super, super afraid until one day she was like, I'm going to try this, and she (laughs) She realized she wasn't, which I think is so... Wild,
0: But that's too extreme. But, I, but it is important to teach kids about nutrition. And it's important to give them good food rules. Like some, I, everyone is afraid of giving their kid a complex and a thought and making the kid have eating disorders. And it's a good fear to have. But what's really crazy to me is if you look at statistics, less than 1% of kids, I mean, it depends on the demographic, but have eating disorders like anorexia and bulimia. And literally one in five children under 18 in the United States is overweight or obese. It is 20% have to lose weight and only 1% are dealing with like underweight and starvation. And so everyone needs to put the emphasis more on like helping kids maintain and achieve a good healthy weight. So for me, like I never got told kitchens closed after dinner ever. It was like free for all. No, I only got
1: told that because we ain't had no more food. But yeah,
0: (laughs) goodness. But like for you know now, it's like Olivia, this is dinner. Do you want another bite of your burger? Because this is dinner. After dinner, we're doing bath. We're doing bedtime. We're doing buck. We're going to bed. You know, so like. It's done. You know, a lot of people are like, what do I do? My kid keeps wanting snacks at night. And I was like, it's like, you also need to help create But it's structure. also, but
1: then that's when you ask them, how are you eating snacks in front of the TV after dinner? There's you
0: know? no eating in front of the television. Like yeah. that is a good rule. But, but that's I'm saying, where I but only that's way. what a
1: lot of parents, they say, I want my kid to not snack. But I'm like, you have the chips out or you have the glass Mine. of wine. Or, yeah.
0: And they're yeah. like, my kid doesn't see. Your kid sees everything. Right. My kid hears everything. It's scary scary yeah. it's scary so
1: let's get into the adults mm-hmm. because uh, i love that we are helping parents you know help their give great modeling behavior to their children but it starts with the parents and you created an amazing program called to be mindset i love so i love seeing the before and after pictures they're great but what i, I love most
0: words are so much better what i
1: love most is about why they feel good about the way yes. they look because I always say chase the feeling and so it's so
0: much more feeling but pictures are so much more instagrammable but honestly the testimonials are really in the words
1: right that's what I'm saying I wish with every before and after photo we get the wow factor and it does get people excited about doing it but the I try words, to
0: overlay the words on yeah. the pictures I, it, I know it's, well
1: you do a great job so you should all follow yeah.
0: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
1: Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues So, um, so tell me in a, not in a super nutshell, but like, the why feeling. is to be mindset so powerful?
0: Okay. So I approach weight loss way differently than anyone else. And that's why I think I'm the best at it. Uh, like grant, like food. Fats. Yeah, I, I, I don't, <laughs> I just don't, I, I can't, I just don't think it's possible that someone has my level of nutrition education and has lost a hundred pounds and has counseled as many people as I have. Both at UCLA, private practice, and with the two mindset. Like I just really think I'm like an expert when it comes to the food based like approach. You're like We did loss. the work, um, but and learning every day from everyone. But it's interesting because I wanted to be an expert in nutrition because I thought nutrition teaching would lead to the best approach to weight loss. And actually, if you look at any diet, it's always nutrition based, right? Like paleo, just you change what you eat, and you know it's like. Uh, Pritikin or low carb or high fat or keto, whatever it is, change, eat this, don't eat this. Nutrition. Nutrition is how you lose weight. So I was like, okay, I got to be the most, you know, expert in nutrition. And it's funny because I have more education in nutrition and I actually speak less about nutrition than a lot of other people. Because once I started going into practice and starting to counsel so many people, I realized, whoa, nutrition approach to weight loss is a lot smaller than I thought. It's just a third. It's just one pillar. There's a whole other C that isn't being addressed. And so I realized it's a third nutritional, a third environmental. A lot of it is environment. You know, you see it, you eat it. Insight in stomach. Setting up your environment strong, kind of making it inconvenient to gain weight with, like, different tips and tools and behavioral aspects is really great. Like sometimes I'll counsel someone and we'll just focus on environment, speaking to your spouse, speaking to your neighbor, planning for a trip. Like what's the intention going in, how you're going to like make sure you have a mini fridge type of thing and, and what you're going to get from the menu, how you're going to navigate. I mean, just environment is a big pillar that makes things very easy. And that's where marketers try to really just destroy you because that's insight in stomach. They try to get the worst things, the highest margin things in your sight, in your stomach all day long. And then there's, emotional, psychological, huge third pillar, huge. And like sometimes a client will be like, is it okay if I eat this veggie burger? It has 180 calories and it's 12 grams of protein. I'm like, should be okay. Let's keep talking. And it's like the chocolate chips when you're on the phone with your in-laws. The it, It's the emotional piece. And it's the environment, the chips that you're eating. Well, and the that's guy. one
1: of the things that is so interesting that, which is why I think I'm really drawn to your method because I don't, I don't think it's people are like what's more important. I'm like, nutrition is a small portion of it is how you think. And so I think get a lot. Metabolism. I, I tell you, one of the main questions I get is, Sean, I'm eating so healthy and I can't get the weight off. And my first question is, what's so what healthy? else are you eating? I say, what else? Because I know they're going to tell me they ate the salad or the grilled ch- I know they're yeah, going to tell me.
0: On the good stuff.
1: I said, so what else? I said, so what else? And they're like, no, I ate the sauce. You ate that at lunch in front of your coworkers, or you ate right. that in front of your friends or your your spouse. What else? And they're like, well, I mean, you know, I had this, and I had that. And it's always, I had the pasta. I had the cake. I went to the to the vending machine because I was hungry, so I ate the Pop-Tarts. Well,
0: you know that. Like, everyone focuses on right. what they did do and not on what they didn't do type right. of thing. And
1: so... I think that's the one thing, I mean, obviously, in one of these other pillars outside of food, you know, the emotional, environmental. And if you can give me one tip on how to get them to break that.
0: Uh, one thing I wish every person in America and the world would do is own their care. Mm. Okay. And, and I think you would relate to this because I think what happens is everyone says, I care to lose weight. I'm buying Transform 20. I'm buying, you know, to be mindset. I'm getting that shake. I'm ordering that cookbook. I care. My doctor tells me I should care. Shoot, like I care. My kids, yada. Gotta... And then it's those moments of I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. Where's the bottle? Where's the chips? Oh, I just don't care. I'll start Monday. And it's, it's that, it's the giving up on the care. And I think if everyone just owned the fact that they do care about their body, and that they should care. Mm. It's actually a good thing to care about your body. You only get one. It's like the only thing you have. It's the only piece of real estate you have. So you care about getting that new knob on your door, but you don't care. You know what I mean? If everyone just owned the fact that they do care a hundred percent of the time, we really wouldn't have a lot of issues. Because the flip of The I don't
1: care times. comes from that emotional pillar.
0: The emotional pillar of believing that you can't. Um, and I always say it's yeah. not the
1: thing It's the thing. It's, it's not that you don't care. It's it's coming from another place. It's, well, it's also
0: it, it's comforting to give up, because then you don't have to try. It's you know it's it's deep. Yeah. It's deep. And honestly, one of the best things a client can do is like also sometimes see a therapist. Also sometimes like get to the root of other causes, because when people gain weight, I mean, people gain weight for millions of reasons, like. I always ask people like, what's your story? How'd you get to me? And it's long. And a lot of times it's just thinking you're eating healthy and making nutritional mistakes. And a lot of times it's, you know, you moved in with all these frat guys or type of thing, or you got an injury, you were relying on exercise, could eat whatever you wanted, got an injury, got older, got a desk job, you get into it, your environment changed.
1: And now you're not eating healthy because you don't feel like you have to perform at a certain level.
0: Right, yeah. or you're too old or nothing about it, or you just let it go. And then the emotional piece is big though. That's, that's usually where people, it's like a parent passes away. You get fired from your job. You know, and a lot of times they're all interconnected, but um, it's, yeah, it's, you know, food people take too much as comforting and not enough as purposeful. And when you own the fact that you care about your body and, and you're going to be comforted in the fact that you're taking care of it, it's like you really can get things done. You can really stay committed. You can really – weight loss gets easier when you go from I can't eat that, which is, like, annoying, to I just don't even want to because I care so much about myself.
1: Yeah. yeah. The you I know? care movement is very important. We need to make that a thing.
0: People just need to own the fact that they care and and know that it's a good thing, that, that it's to be celebrated.
1: Yeah. So my last c- hardcore question for you, I guess this is hardcore because it's a question that I think a lot of people will listen to you and they think that most people are like, oh, they can do this because there's the Whole Foods, there's the Sprouts, there's all of these healthy stores that are really, really, really expensive. And oh. they might look at you and say, you can afford that. But what about... The parent that you know, I grew up on food stamps, government assistance on times when my mom didn't have a job. She was a pretty much a single parent. You know, I was in a very unstable household, and so now you want your child to be healthy, mm-hmm. but you can't you can't afford to okay. go to Whole Foods. Let's That's definitely like
0: definitely talk about yeah, it.
1: yeah. So let's talk about that
0: because I'm just like you, not a gentle person when it comes to excuses. And and the truth is, is like this healthy. Is more expensive thing is I hate to say it's an excuse. And I'm gonna explain why. So before you turn oh, off and good. say I'm that missing. I suck, everyone needs to just listen why. No, First of all, it is expensive to stay overweight. Mm. It is very, very expensive to stay overweight or obese. A recent study from University of Texas from UT Public Health said that the cost of being obese annually is $3,192 that breaks down into $8 a day. So when you're at a burger place, fast food joint, and it's burger and fries and a fountain drink, okay? Which is literally like, that fountain drink, by the way, is the biggest, like, Express train to diabetes like that literally like even if you did the burger and fries like literally just sipping like sugar into that bloodstream Turning your blood into maple syrup immediately making it hard for that blood to circulate and deliver that oxygen to your toes to your heart everywhere Like fastest train you could possibly do. So yes, that value meal. That's not valuable to you is $6, let's say now to say I don't want the soda drink I just want the cup for water free Saying, I don't want the fries, I want the salad. Because McDonald's and fast food places do sell salads. They actually do. McDonald's actually gives more apples out than any other food distributor, okay, through their, like, apple slices. So if you make that swap for apple slices or the thing, it might be $9, okay? That could be, like, a $3 difference. It could hurt you expense-wise. But when you realize you're spending $8 a day staying obese... It's just a matter of where the pocket's coming from. Also, everyone who's doing my program—not everyone, because I haven't, you know, asked two hundred thousand plus people—but I've gotten many, many, many people telling me that they have saved so much money with my program. Because I love saving money, I have money-saving tips throughout. I love frozen vegetables. I love canned vegetables. I love frozen, you know, proteins. I don't like to cook long meals, but I'll show you how to make them really quickly. It's expensive to order and take out every meal. It's expensive Mm -hmm. to do drive-throughs. And so many people tell me that they're saving money because they're asking themselves more often, like, am I hungry or is it just a habit? And they're just not eating anymore as a hobby. They're finding other hobbies and they're not eating for emotional mindless reasons. And that saves a lot of money. Junk food is not cheap. Sometimes like two for $1, but like it adds up. If you're treating yourself like a bottom feeder, it's an expensive habit. It's like cigarette smoke cigarette smoking. It's it's an expensive habit.
1: So what I like to do on Trust and Believe is I need you to look into that camera and just give people motivation on how to enhance their journey through your motivation and how like what is the superpower that you have that they can literally utilize today. Okay. And take this superpower and Push it through the rest of their journey so they continue to care about themselves. Okay. And give it to them.
0: All right. Here you go. I want you to repeat after me.
1: Can I do this? Yeah. Okay, I will.
0: I want you to repeat after me. Literally. I don't care who's around. Take a second. Close the door. But you're going to say this out loud. Not just internally. I know you think you're too cool. I mean it. Out loud with volume.
1: everybody in here too. Huh? That means
0: everyone. Okay? Repeat after me. I can do this.
1: I can do this.
0: I will do this.
1: I will do this.
0: Because I care to do this.
1: Because I care to do this.
0: And this could be lose weight, finish chance from 20. It could be anything. But you can and you will because you care and you should care. And caring is a beautiful, beautiful So own it and be proud of yourself every time you do something because you owned that care.
1: Thank you, Alana. Yeah. So you heard that. You have to care about yourself. I think that's one of the greatest. I mean, you said a lot of great things today. I learned a lot today, especially as a parent, and even some things I struggle with that's outside of weight. But I think for everyone out there, you have to literally care about who you are. Alana, myself, some of the other people that motivate you, They care about you, they care about your success, but that doesn't matter if you don't care about yourself. In order to trust and believe in who you are, you have to take your journey to the next level. You can get all the information you can from experts or just from people who care about you, but at the end of the day, if you don't care about yourself and you don't put that care into action, it's not gonna happen. So go out there, make it happen. Rewind this and repeat after Alana maybe 10 to 100 times if you need to, until you care about yourself and always trust and believe in who you are. And Alana, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Of course.